Thanks, Alicia. We're going to be speaking out of Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. But before we get there, I want to talk about this. If there was one thing that you could let everyone know about you, what would it be? Because we have this new tool. It's uh, these little smartphone things that I was required to get for my job. Otherwise, I was rebelling because I had a flip phone before. But everybody seems to spend all their time on these things on Facebook, right? And they get on Facebook so they can update their status, so that they can let people know about who they are. And the reason why I think people have a tendency to do that is we live in a society that bases a person's success and their significance off of their status, off of their appearance, off of the things they've done or acquired. I had a friend in Australia, and he sent me this. This was in an Australian newspaper. It's a snippet about Facebook. I'm trying to make friends outside of Facebook while applying the same principles. Therefore, every day I walk down the street and tell passers-by what I have eaten, how I feel at the moment, and what I've done the night before, what I will do later, and with whom. I give them pictures of my family, my dog, and, my, and me, of me gardening, taking things apart in the garage, watering the lawn, standing in front of landmarks, driving around town, having lunch, and doing what anybody and everybody does every day. I also listen to their conversations, give them the thumbs up, and tell them I like them. And it works just like Facebook. I already have four people following me. Two police officers, a private investigator, and a psychiatrist. It's interesting, though, why people are so drawn to Facebook. Because they love to let everyone know about what's going on in their life. What if our greatest value, though, started in the heart? Our greatest success and our largest amount of self-worth and significance was here. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote this. And I think it's important to bring up. Now ladies, I'm going to read this and, and don't get upset because there's an interpretation here. Solomon is making a point. And you have to remember Solomon was the, the wisest man who had ever lived. He had acquired more than anyone ever had. He had seen more, done more. He had it all. And at the end, he wrote this. Look, says the teacher, this is what I have discovered, adding one thing to another to discover the scheme of things. While I was searching but not finding, I found one upright man among a thousand, but not one upright woman among them all. This only have I found. God made mankind upright, but men have gone in search of many schemes." Now, Solomon was not saying that there are no upright women. He was making a point. Because if you read Proverbs, one of the, th the great themes of Proverbs is Solomon personifies a responsible woman to wisdom. That that is what wisdom is. He's making a point here. People go in search of their own schemes and we don't walk upright, although God created us to walk upright in His sight. So what if our greatest value was shifting to be a person of character 
and to be a person who walked upright before the Lord instead of being so concerned about our greatest worth being the way we looked or how much stuff we had or how important we were. Because I, th- I think it's odd that some of the most beautiful, successful, healthy people are also some of the most empty and hollow and hurting people. And I think some of the most poor and unshapely and overlooked people are some of the best people in this world to be around because of who they have allowed Christ to be in their heart. I've got a picture I want to show us. Uh, it's a map. In, in 2013... Gunnison County, Colorado was the number one county in the United States of America for the highest rate of longevity. Since then, we've declined. I don't know what happened, whether it was the legalization of certain things or whatever it was, but you can still see in Colorado that dark blue spot. We were number one. Number one. Talk about unique. We were, were the most healthy, active, involved group of people in a community. And it made us stand out. Well, as Christians, I think God has given us the same calling. Stand out. Be uniquely different from everyone else. So in Mark chapter 10... James and John, two of the disciples, are saying, Hey, Jesus, in heaven we want to sit at your right and at your left. And it made the other disciples a little upset. Like, what is this, a status thing? Here's what we read in chapter 41. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, or non-Jews, lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So I wanted to talk about this morning a few brief things that would help us be set apart. You and I, how we could be uniquely different as Christians. As community church in this community. As Gunnison County, which is already uniquely different in the United States. How we could stand apart. These are things that are additional to reading the Word of God every day. They're additional to seeking Jesus Christ every day. And asking Him to be the champion of your life. These are added on to that. Based off of what we just read there out of Mark. One of those things would be, I think we should work on developing a godly confidence as individuals. And I'm not talking about faking it or pride or arrogance. I'm talking about having a faith that stands out. That's real. My, uh, my dad got this contraption from his grandparents, my great-grandparents. It was this metal box, and it was a mouse catcher. And it was the neatest thing in the world because it had this tunnel that went through it. And this tunnel, was a, it was a rotating drum. And what's really neat about mice is mice like corners and cracks and tubes. 
And so they would climb through this tube, and it would trigger a mechanism, and it would rotate, and it would throw them into a little box. And the only way out of the box was a little tube. And the tube went up, and it ended up landing in a, a half-full uh, mason jar of water. The mouse would drown. And then it would reset itself and do it all over again. Neat contraption. Every now and then you'd hear it go, kapoing, got one. We came home from church one time, opened the door, and oh, what is that smell? We forgot all about the mouse catcher. So we're all looking frantically toward under the couch, opening doors, cabinets, closet, and here is the mouse catcher with a full jar of what I would call soup. It was disgusting. Now, to this day, I have this question. There's six kids. How come I was nominated to clean it up? Don't know. But the reason why those traps worked is very simple. Mice are drawn to holes, and so it works. And there's something that happens for us as Christians. When we have a faith and a confidence in Jesus Christ, people notice that. And it's a character and an attribute that God would want us all to have. Psalms 25.3, David said, No one whose hope in you will ever be put to shame. Put your hope in Jesus and you won't be put to shame, despite anything that goes on. And so this doesn't mean that people with godly confidence don't suffer. It doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes or that they don't struggle. But it means that they handle all of those things differently. That they walk through them differently. That they have a faith that gets them through it differently. Another attribute that I think we should all try to have is to allow ourselves to have passion for life and for godly principles. Jesus was passionate about everything that he did. Most of us have probably heard of Lee Iacocca. Lee Iacocca was a brilliant engineer who really understood leadership. And Lee Iacocca ended up becoming the president of Ford Motor Company. And for a while, Chrysler as well. His great claim to fame, which we can all be appreciative of, is the Ford Mustang. Vroom, yeah, horsepower. That was a great thing. One of the other things that Lee Iacocca was responsible for was the Ford Pinto. <laughs> kind of a dud, right? Hit the back end of those babies. I think he should have crossbred them. And he could have had a Pinto sports wagon with flames down the side. That would have been cool. But Lee Iacocca not only was a great engineer, he was a great leader. And he made this point, which I think is pretty good. Success comes not from what you know, but from who you know and how you present yourself to each of those people. How do we present ourselves to the people around us, to the people that we are with in our community? Because Jesus would want us to present ourselves well. Proverbs 21.25 says, The desire of lazy people will be their ruin, for their hands refuse to work. And I've noticed that. Most people don't look at a bum and go, I am inspired by that guy. I want to be that guy. I want to know what's in their head. 
because it's got me captivated. That doesn't happen very often. God designed us to be passionate about our lives, about what we do. Otherwise, we end up being another face in the crowd. And I think that that's something that we could work on. Passionate people give 100% of what they do in their life. I think we should be passionate about what we do at work, whether we like it or not. We should be passionate and give 100% in our marriages and in our families. We should be passionate when we're shoveling manure. But don't give more than 100% because if you give 110%, it'll go right past the bed of the pickup truck and into the back seat. And you don't want to do that. So just 100% when you're shoveling manure. When you're walking down Main Street, do it with 100% of passion. Like there is a purpose that God has given you. When you're working at Western State College, when you're working for the city, when you're working for Golden Eagle Trash Service, give it 100% so that people will see you and people will see God in you. Another thing that I think we should work towards is help others succeed. That is everything that Jesus did. He helped everyone around bless you. He helped everyone around him succeed. People that he didn't have to do that for, but he did it because it's something we're supposed to do. When I was a, a freshman in high school, uh, I was a little guy, and by the grace of God, I never got picked on because I had older brothers, and so maybe that's how I got by. But I remember one morning, there was another little guy in the hallways this was before class. And these two upperclassmen grabbed him and ushered him into the bathroom. And they told him, swirly time. I'm like, whoa, this actually happens. So obviously it captivated a whole bunch of us and we all ran into the boys' bathroom. And this little guy, started, he was kicking and he was putting up a fight because he wasn't doing it. And they, they got him right to the stall and he let out this cry. He said, wait! And everyone kind of stopped. And he goes, myself they let him go he went over to the bathroom he opened the stall he went in he put his head in the toilet and went we all laughed and ran out of the bathroom at first I thought it was really funny but then I got to think that was actually like really ugly because he's going to own that the rest of his life and he had all those people standing there watching that happen. And something inside of me started to actually feel bad. Like, hey, maybe that wasn't so cool. Maybe, maybe we should start being people who help other people succeed. Maybe we should be people who are coming alongside that guy or the people we work with or our family or our friends and helping them be a success and not a failure. Jesus said in Mark 10.45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. When we serve and help other people and help them succeed, I think it's one of the most attractive things in this world. And people notice it. Jesus didn't come to this world just so that we would have eternal life, but so that our time here would be a success. About 20 years ago, I started praying this prayer as part of my daily devotional time. God, would you grant me favor before men so that others might see you in me? And actually, the last 10 years, that's changed even more. God, would you grant me favor before men and mountain so that others would see you in me? 
And so maybe if that's a habit that we all had, where we, where we walked through life going, hopefully people will see God in what I do. But I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can to help everyone around me be a success to the best of my ability so that maybe they'll see God. And the last one is simple. Because Jesus didn't do this. Let's not follow trends. Jesus made the trend. And I'm not talking about Justin Bieber fever or anything like that. I'm talking about social norm. There has been a social norm, for example, where the sanctity of marriage isn't that important. You know what? Have kids. Live together. But don't get married because then you're tied down. You're committed. That has become a social norm. And it's probably one of the most destructive things that we're going to see in young people's lives. Growing out without committed moms and dads. There are so many Christians who profess Jesus, but they live by the social standards of the world instead. I want to show you a picture. Um, our kids were playing with Legos the other day. And I come walking downstairs, and Zoe, our second oldest daughter, goes, Hey, look, Dad, it's community church. And I went, What? She made a Lego set of community church all on her own. So naturally, being a constructive father, I said, well, that's pretty good. Um, except Alicia's hair is a little bit darker than that. Uh, the gal up there in the front left, the blue hair, yeah, I think that's Amy Stewart. And uh, we all know her hair is bluer than that. <laughs> the guy who's speaking up there, uh, he's bald, so that's definitely not Chris Osnes. But I started to pick out all the different flaws. The real reason I wanted to bring that up was this. That's not normal. That's, that's not normal behavior for a kid to go and make a Lego thing of their church. That's pretty cool. Paul Sammons. He and Marie got married in this church in 1951. They have been going to this church ever since then. And that is awesome. <laughs> Don't follow trends. He could have gone somewhere else. He could have done other things. But he went, you know what? This is where I need to be. This is my church home. One of the things that I love about the Gospel of Jesus Christ is it has surpassed every trend, every world war, every, every, every uh, uh, disaster. The Gospel of Jesus Christ has never changed. Ever, ever, ever. Kingdoms have rose and fallen. The Gospel of Jesus Christ has never changed. And I think it's an attitude and an attribute that we should have not only as Christians, but as people who go to community church here in the great city and, and county of Gunnison, Colorado, is we know that the gospel of Jesus Christ has never changed. And we can stand on that. And that's hope and that's truth and that's eternity that we can offer every person around us. Mark, or Proverbs 4.26 says this, Mark out a straight path for your feet. 
then stick to the path and stay safe. I think we all have an awesome opportunity to continue to be uniquely different. To, to live for Jesus Christ in such a way that other people recognize it. And hopefully maybe one day desire that same sort of relationship with Him. Let's pray. Lord, thank You so much for every one of us in here. And God, we ask that You would continue to help us all be uniquely different in You. That You'd help each one of us to find what our passions are and use them for You. And that You would draw each one of us close to You in such a way that others might see You in us. Would You continue to help us be set apart as a church and even as a community, Lord, that we would be different but that we would be different so we could offer you to the rest of the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close with a hymn now. May the Lord bless you and keep you and go before you and help you to continue to be uniquely different in Him. In Jesus' name, have a great Sunday.